0: Let's go places.
3: And Listen, them country boys said, try this in a small town. <laughs> I got your small town, cuz fade in the water, fade in the water, black folks fade in the water. Lift every chair, y'all. I think we might have a new. Black Holiday. Huh, politics, y'all. All right, August 6th, 2023. will go down as the Boston Tea Party for Black People. Which, as a not-so-fun fact, you know, the first person to get shot that sparked the Boston Tea Party was Crispus Atticus, who was also a black man. We've been a part of this history the whole time, y'all. First, okay, so welcome to Hood Politics. You may not know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know why, because I waited a while before I started talking about this. And by waiting a while, I meant I already had a lot of other episodes recorded. Um, and, you know, when you wait, you get more uh, you get more details and facts in. So I'm going to talk about the Montgomery Rumble, you know what I'm saying? The fade in the water, you feel me? But before I do, I'd like to apologize for my voice if I sound a little raspy. It's been a pretty crazy week, as you, you may or may not know, but I record on Mondays and on... Every first Sunday of the month I host the Club Real Ones out here in Long Beach, California. Uh, and this was just a really big one. So my voice is pretty hoarse because it was pretty epic. And then I had a, a coffee event right after that. And I actually gotta perform tonight. Anyway, I couldn't not record this even though I'm all I'm all raspy. But anyway, for recap of what I'm talking about. So on August 6th, 2023, which I want you to remember uh, <laughs> for the rest of your life on a dock in Montgomery, Alabama. Now to color this and to understand why this is so specific, you have to, as I'm telling the story, I'm also going to add sort of historical things to it. And then I'll move into the points I'm trying to make for this show. So Montgomery, Alabama was already played a big, humongous role in the civil rights movement. Like how many other, the bus boycotts, you know what I'm saying? Almost all the most famous stories you know about Dr. King took place down in Montgomery. Now remember he lived in Atlanta, of course, and you know, where he, where he got assassinated was in Memphis. Uh, But Montgomery was like headquarters, you know what I'm saying? That's where Again, the bus boycotts that, you know, sort of sparked the civil rights movement in some ways. Like that's down there. So there's a lot of history. This particular dock, boat dock, was I mean, slaves were delivered here. This is a a place that has many a old souls and many a spirits and, and some horrible memories on there. Now, fast forward to now. It's a regular dock where people take their pontoons and riverboats and you go out on the riverboat, go drink, go hang out. It's, you know, it's hot as hell in Alabama. I don't know if you ever been down there, hot as hell. So getting out on the water is something that people do all the time. Now, I also want you to remember that there are schools, high schools down there in Alabama, maybe not Montgomery, because for Alabama, Montgomery, Birmingham, Biloxi, Mobile are the air quotes big cities. Not big compared to where I'm from, but they're the big cities down there. But outside of those areas, there are high schools that didn't desegregate until 2010, fam. Like there's a there's a high school down there, I rapped about it, named Robert E. Lee High School. <laughs> like it's named after the Confederates. So you, it's almost like slavery ended last month for them. You know what I'm saying? The civil rights movement just ended last week. Like, so there's that type of history down there. Now, this is not a slight to anyone that lives there. I'm just saying, this is just the culture. Like, you can't just take no country road down there. It's, they different. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody different down there. It's real down there. Now, that being said, you got this riverboat, right? This dock where you had your little pontoon boat, you know what I'm saying? It's the last few weekends before people got to go back to school. So you outside, you know what I'm saying? People got eating, drinking, you know what I'm saying? Chilling, grabbing yourself a little ride on the riverboat, right? But if you got your little pontoon, you know what I'm saying? You and the homies, take your little pontoon out. Perfectly acceptable thing for these, uh, you know, shirtless white folks to do drink their little. I don't know what they drink now because they don't drink Bud Light because y'all mad at Bud Light. You know what I'm saying? But you drink your little drink. You drink your little beers. You go out there. You know what I'm saying? Hang out. Do your little white people thing on your pontoon boats. Black folks, we line up, we get on this riverboat, you know what I'm saying? It takes you around, they playing music as DJs, you know, I'm saying you're drinking, you smoking, you're kicking it. It's a regular thing. And when the boat, when the riverboat comes down, comes back around, some people get off and a new group of people get on. But the boat has to dock. And if you live near any bodies of water, you know that the dock is a shared space. And if it's a commercial, one where it's not just like a private dock, then obviously a private dock is something that's like, well, you own this thing. You put your boat there as long as you want to be there. But there's an etiquette situation. Right. There's only so much space. It's almost like being on the street with a semi truck. Look, maybe that's your lane, but that semi 18 wheeler, you you got to you got to make way for it. Right. So anyway, you got these white folks. They and they pontoon. And this big old riverboat is trying to dock. So the captain from the riverboat is like, you know, on a loudspeaker like, yo, y'all got to move y'all Pantoon because we got to we got to park here. They not moving. Like, yo, y'all got to move. They not moving. So then the co-captain, black dude, takes a little smaller boat, goes to the dock while the river boat's still sitting out there There's people waiting to get on the boat. People waiting to get off, people waiting to get on. He go down to the dock, and all this is filmed because it's like hundreds of people there. He go out to the dock, right? And while they, now now here's what makes it even funnier. The riverboat is playing ludicrous. Move, bitch, get out the way, get out the way. They all screaming it because like, nigga, move. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's relaxed, fam. So, but they not moving. So the co-captain, Gets out, gets on the dock. He walking up to them like, dog, just what are y'all doing? Just like slide over. Now you're watching these things ensue. And then eventually the white boy tries to throw hands on the brother trying to tell him to move. The brother throw the hat in the air and he like, all right, well, if that's what we doing, fades is requested, fades will be given. So he start fading this white boy because the white boy attacked him. Then out of nowhere, you see four, five shirtless bubbas throwing their beers up and they come and running in, jumping in, protecting their homeboy. Right. So now they jump in this black dude who was, again, trying to tell them, y'all just got to move. Now, we don't know what, what conversations what was happening. We, was too, we weren't close enough to hear exactly what they were saying to each other. But you could tell by body language that both of them was like, nigga, you need to chill. Right, but I'm not chilling. You post a move, right? So now this brother's getting the black dude's getting jumped. So so he getting mopped, right? Stomped out. They stomping this dude out. But you have to remember this is in front of a lot of black people. Then you could see as the frame gets wider, you see other black men running as fast as they can towards the dock to come down there. And as people are running to come help this brother getting jumped, you also see young sixteen-year-old hero swimming. He's he's swimming from the other side, swimming over to the dock <laughs> through the water. He's like, I'm gonna get there. I'm helping my brother. He come swim, come out the water and then get his wop wops in. Wop, wop, wop. Now, by this time, it's a brawl. They pulling people off. Now, some of the white girls getting out of their pontoon. They want some, too. And they like, now nah, you not finna beat up on my man. So now the girls coming in. So now the black women coming down like, uh-uh, homie. No, y'all asked for this. Now you see the security in the back kind of looking like, well, I mean, he did kind of ask for it. They did jump that dude. I mean, y'all, y'all, yo, yo, y- y- you requested a fade. You, I mean, you, re- you requested a fade. So fade was given. Now it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. They mopping up. The boat finally docks. It has to find somewhere to dock. Now... Everybody on the dock, everybody on the boat saw this shit happen. So they got off like, oh, nigga, what's up? This shit ain't over. You can't jump the homie. Now, is he the homie? No, but he black. So therefore, he the homie. So all the brothers get off the boat. Nigga, they go run up like, what's up? What's up? You going to jump the homeboy? Now other people jumping in. Now the white folks jumping in. Now it's a brawl. Then, Then the whole thing go around to another side of the dock. And this is where... Some heroes just don't wear capes, but they carry folding chairs. (laughs) Now the police is trying to break the thing up, but everybody jumping in. And you know how it go when people jump in. You can't like, look, 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 you can't be hurting a homie. Now, were them white boys on that boat racist? I don't know. I know how it looked, but let me stop giving commentary first. So... (laughs) Some brother couldn't have been younger than 60. Just an old head. Right. Has a chair, a white folded chair <laughs> on oh, some WWE. Hits this man over the head with a folded chair. Then he gets punched drunk because out the corner of his eye, it's a white lady who gets pushed over by the cops, telling her to get out, get the hell out the way. Right. Because the cops is trying to stop this thing, trying to calm everything down. So they push her down. She fall over. Her feet break through her Crocs, which is the funniest thing I ever seen in my life. The brother with the chair, punch drunk, while she down, hits her over the head with the the chair. And at that point, everybody there is like, oh, that nigga going to jail. And even the cops were like, oh, okay. Okay, now we got to arrest you. So then the cops take the chair from the brother, arrest him and it was like I mean you can't, listen man, you can't hit the lady while she down with a chair cuz like we was with you the whole time but I mean damn, we got to arrest you. And all of black america was like yeah, nah, you you going to jail, dig it. Like <laughs> you can't hit the lady while she down with a chair, dig it. Like there's so at the end of it three arrests, right? Maybe some more. And The brother with the chair, we all raising money for his bail. But that sparked the most epic of memes across Black Twitter, where we having fun. I mean, like, look. People got folded chair earrings. Brothers talking about having their open carry license and they got chairs attached to their hips. There's the meme of there's this one picture of a, a painting, a famous painting of Harriet Tubman, where she was reaching down from the sky to free you. Right. Because, you know, she was the leader of the railroad. Right. And instead of just a hand, she got a folding chair. You know what I'm saying? The ancestors handing you folding chairs. It's like, look, start beating these crackers ass with these folded chairs. And Black Aquaman, who swam across the thing to come get his licks in, he dropped somebody. Now we are all celebrating this brawl, writing new hymns, and celebrating the violence that happened there. Now let's unpack why we're celebrating violence and the history that's going on here. After this. Baby. All right, we're back. Now, a lot to unpack here. First of all, this was a very violent affair. Don't get me wrong. Are you asking me if I'm condoning violence? I mean, I guess. (laughs) Listen, you've never heard me say I was a pacifist. I don't choose violence unless I need to. I don't condone violence unless we need to. I understand violence. I understand it completely. Also understand self-defense. Listen, I'm not an anti-gun dude. I believe in having them things on you. Why do I believe in that? Because we live in a violent police state. I mean, like our our country listen, our country's violent. Our country was founded on violence. I like let's not let's not forget that like our origin story is violence. We like to act like we were built on this idea, the American experiment. Nigga, it was a war. It, we, we built on violence. You violently stole the land, violently threw off your oppressors and then violently subdued a labor force. We're built on violence. Don't act like like we are a violent country. So when you in the ocean, you might as well swim. I don't love capitalism, but that's where we are. I sell product. Why? Because we in the ocean when you might as well swim. If you a water, if you in a saltwater ocean, you can't be a freshwater fish. You're gonna die. You gotta listen, you're in the ocean, you might as well swim. Now, does that mean I need to make the ocean saltier? No. Does that mean I need to pollute it? No. But I need to survive. It is what it is. We two plus two is four, homie, like we this is violence. But now and let me put my teacher hat on and uh let's back up through some history here. Like I said Montgomery, Alabama has been a place of you know extreme violence towards black people and also a place of healing, a place of organizing, a place of uh resistance and resilience. Because you can never take that away from a people who lived in a place like this and are still able to find joy, happiness and humor. But now, having said that, let's not act like because there was one thing, there was one little meme that was going around or or hashtag whatever that was going around black social media spaces, essentially saying like, listen, we are not our ancestors. And what's that assuming is that we don't fight back or that our ancestors didn't fight back. And they just were docile and sort of like allowed themselves to be enslaved. Now, I knew what these people meant. What they were trying to say is like, Look, we're done. We're done playing. We're done. We're done taking the shit. We fight back. But it's also important to remember as Black people and just as Americans that don't think our ancestors didn't fight back. Don't think there weren't multiple slave uprisings and rebellions. History has a way, especially when you're trying to smash it into a semester and when you're learning it from the oppressor, (laughs) It has a way of flattening a lot of the the stories, not at, you know, curating it in a way that will eventually turn into what Florida trying to do. Act like it really wasn't that bad. And we actually gained a lot from being enslaved, which is absurd, right? Uh, let y'all tell the stories. But don't ever think that we didn't fight. I'm gonna give you just three examples, but you need to do your Google searches and learn a little more about this. Number one, I'm gonna talk about... Uh, the Stono Rebellion in uh, 1739. It was the biggest and largest slave revolt ever staged in the 13 colonies. It was on Sunday, September 9th in 1739. It was a day of free labor and about 20 slaves under the leadership of a man named Jeremy provided whites, check this out, PBS has a dope story on it. They provided whites with a painful lesson in the African desire for liberty. You have to remember, it's not like Wars were not fought in Angola. It's not like some of these people you captured weren't already soldiers that weren't already well-trained that don't already know how to organize. Sometimes you just got to bide your time and you got to wait for the right moment. There are many stories of slaving ships being overtaken. Dudes being thrown off the side. Like, don't think we didn't fight back. You know what I'm saying? There was the New York conspiracy of 1741. There was uh, the German coast uprising in 1811. And of course, there's the famous Haitian one, the famous Haitian slave rebellion, which actually, they won. They threw off their enslavers. It actually worked. And of course, a person who I wrote my uh, seventh grade uh, history report on (laughs) about heroes you supposed to write a story about heroes in seventh grade. Turn it in in seventh grade project. Now by this time, <laughs> I had got shipped off to this suburban middle school, and I wrote my book report or my, my history hero report on Nat Turner.
1: <laughs> ah! I came in that little
3: that little suburban school. I wrote my the bug on Nat Turner. <laughs> Let us say rebellion. Let a massacre, cause he had the white people scared. But so like I can't think it back now. My little high top fade. I'm walking in in my cross colors and my Malcolm X medallion. You feel me coming in here straight from the city, shipped out to this school. They told me I'm supposed to write a story or write a book report on some on a historical figure. Nigga like me chose Nat Turner. Yes. I can't imagine what Miss Jackson. I I had a white teacher named Miss Jackson, believe it or not. Uh, Sorry, Miss Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Took on a whole different meaning. (laughs) Wrote that mug on Nat Turner. So listen, all that to say, don't you ever think we wasn't out here scrapping. Our ancestors did not just fold. They fought till the bitter end. And even in the end, the 13th amendment, you know, ended the civil war. We did that, we fought, don't get, don't think that the North gave us some sort of gift. They couldn't have won if we didn't fight with them. Okay, so again, know your history. Black people fought in the civil war. We are a big reason why it was ended. And not for, don't forget the influence that Frederick Douglass had on Abraham Lincoln, because Frederick Douglass is why Abraham Lincoln became an abolitionist. Do your Googles. Now, that's number one. Don't ever think we wouldn't uh, willing to fight for our freedom. Now, number two is point I want to make about this is, like I said before, America is just violent. We, this is how. No matter what you want to believe, how our problems are solved, how we get reckonings, I mean, you could just pick anything. It's violence. It's riots. It's war. What did it take for the Civil Rights Act to be passed? Well, it took two assassinations and then riots across the country. I mean, that's what what finally did it. How did you... I just don't know what to tell you. Like, don't believe your own lies. There is a deep-seated lust for violence inside of America. I, I just don't know what to tell you. And that being said, I think all of us at some point <laughs> have visualized or daydreamed about beating the brakes off a fucking racist. I think all of us have <laughs> about beating the shit out of a Nazi. You've, you've, you've imagined that moment, don't lie to me, okay? Now, on the other side, I bet you every racist person in America has daydreamed and fantasized about jumping some minority. You've like, come on. That part of you, every time you saw the cops you know, kill an innocent man, you know, beat an innocent black person, you were kinda like, be kind of cool though. Like, don't, you know, don't 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 front. And us, people of color, every time you saw it, every time you saw a cop, you know, the Derek Chauvins, and every time you saw a cop or or or, you know, the no-knock thing when you, you know, these poor people, poor Black kid knocked on the door, just was at the wrong house and got shot. Tell me you didn't daydream about beating any. Tell me we haven't all thought about beating the brakes out of George Zimmerman. We all fa- we've all we all fantasized about getting our licks in and in in, in about the perfect scenario where you could be <laughs> righteous in your anger. Where there was a way that it wasn't ambiguous so that when you get your licks in, you could still kind of be a hero. And of course, we all watch WWE. Of course, you wanted to hit somebody with a chair. Of course, listen, of course you thought about slapping the shit out of a Karen. Don't like, oh, come on, y'all. Tell me you wait like, somewhere in your mind, you thought about slapping the shit out of a Karen and hope for an opportunity to where it would be okay. It's just, okay, you're not lying to me, all right? This hood politics, we just telling the truth. All right. Again. The brother with the chair going to jail like (laughs) you can even see across all of our social media. We all understand that that was too far. Right. And I bet you as a as an officer who might have been present, you've also participated in these fantasies to where you was like, I kind of wish like there was a moment where we could just let some asshole get their ass kicked. Right. And especially if you watch that whole thing happen. If you're the officer there, you watch that whole thing have, happen and you're like, that guy had it coming. Those dudes had it coming. They asked for it. And then when the guy hit the dude with the chair, you hit the lady with the chair. you was like, fuck. <sighs> OK, now we, I got to arrest you, man. Like they are probably like, dude, I'm sorry, man. She had it coming. But you can't you can't hit her with a chair, bro. So everybody donating to his bail fund because we all know you can't hit it with chair. Your... Now, there's that.
4: Huh?
3: And lastly, or thirdly, why has this captured the hearts and the imaginations of black people across the country, and it's kind of because we just get tired of seeing our suffering, and then nothing comes of it, like our suffering's on display all the time i mean uh, uh, In your life, since I've done hood politics, we've just watched black people and people of color be beat or killed on our screens just with no recourse. I mean, pick a hashtag. We just keep seeing it happen. And then justice maybe being served, maybe kind of being served, just like just nothing ever comes of it. You just get tired of seeing it. You just want one day, I mean, is it not Batman's origin story? You just want one day for somebody to get their instant karma, for somebody to get their comeuppance. You just want a chance where we can finally witness ourselves stand up for ourselves. I've been trying to tell you this whole time how how collective identity works with the black community, why it's so painful when we see our suffering on the screen, because we feel like that person's one of us. So if you are actually present and you're watching a black man who you don't know be jumped by a bunch of white dudes, you just, he's being jumped. And you're like, that could be me. And you would hope that somebody would come and help. And especially if you watch the whole thing off because the brother was just doing his job. And again, you place that in Montgomery, Alabama. I mean, there's just, there's just... (laughs) A place where if a man stood up for himself and nobody else was around, you have to remember, if no black people were around at that moment, that man might have gotten thrown into the ocean and we'd have never seen his body again. He might have got dragged into the woods and strung up on a tree. That is a safe assumption to believe at that moment. I don't know those white people, but I know Montgomery, Alabama. People still get lynched down there. Still. Get hung by a tree in the year of our Lord, 2023, black people still go missing and still get lynched. So it is a safe assumption playing the odds that that man could have got killed that day. So, yes, we're going to jump the fuck in. Yes, I'm going to hit you with a chair because I don't know what you're going to do to us. That man's life got saved because there was black people there because we kind of get tired of watching ourselves not have any defense. So, yes. Yes, I condone violence in that scenario. I don't know what else to tell you. Again, he shouldn't hit that lady with the chair. Now, why do I keep giggling about that? Well, I'm giggling about it the same way the rest of Black America is giggling about it. It's because we deal with trauma through humor. I feel like I've told you this before. We have a way of finding the funny in everything. Now, I married a Latina woman. So my wife is from Southern Mexico, first gen Mexican, which you know a lot, I've said a lot. My wife is, has been as street as they come. Now she's now a PhD, but she from the block. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she, she they, they grew up hard and in a lot of ways they grew up harder than I did. So she understands the street rules. She understand the hood parts of it. She's certified, but her culture don't deal with trauma the way we deal with trauma. We deal with our trauma by making fun of everything. Like, remember when we talked about the the Martin Luther King statue, the new sculpture that looked like a big old dick from a particular angle? Yes, that it it was just funny. We make memes out of stuff because that's how we deal with trauma. I don't know what else to tell you. How else? If not, we would be furious and throwing other white people and we would just be throwing white people off of cliffs every time we see them. Just with no recourse, or this is how we process stuff. We just, we just make jokes out of it. It's how we keep each other in line. And like I said before, what you don't want if you're a member of our community, even when we make fun of you, these are acts of love. <laughs> and my wife did not understand that when we got, when I started making fun of my child, it's you don't, like, this is, this is how we deal with things, okay? Even when me, her and I were having marital problems, I make jokes. This is how we deal with trauma. I don't know. I, I don't. I I don't know what to say, dude. We just. It's how we deal with trauma. Because <laughs> if not, we would be viciously violent all the time. Either that, or deeply, deeply depressed all the time. We have. We've learned to find joy. Doesn't mean we're not taking it serious. But again, if you're in the black community, the the worst part about us is being ignored. Because if. If we ignore it, that means you don't matter. That means we're done with you. You're not, a, you're not a part of our story. But if we drag you, it's because we're a part of our, you're a part of our story. Now, <laughs> this is a very important moment. I would say lastly, because it's on the heels of January 6th, too. Also, where the president is finally being in some ways held accountable for the violence that these white people did. Patriots, based on a goddamn lie. And we all sat at home and we watched these white people storm the Capitol. All of us knowing full well, we'd have been shot on sight. Y'all just, y'all, White people just get away with stuff. Now there's been indictments. Don't get me wrong, people have gone to jail, right? Some have been held accountable, the founder of the Proud Boys, you know, and a lot of them dudes they've been held accountable. Now it's funny. What is what's funny about that to me is the the dude that's going to jail of the Proud Boys is the is the non-white one. <laughs> they even still found a way to put to find a brown person and put him in jail. <laughs> this absurd, but. We have just watched for so long acts of violence towards black people and people of color, or just acts of violence committed by white folks, always have no consequence, which is why we throw in the tie in to the Jason Aldean song, Try That in a Small Town. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know Jason Aldeans. I've been made aware of of his politics recently because of all the shit that's going down with his song. But I also have friends, believe it or not, that are country singers. One of them's very close. Uh, I would name drop here, but uh, I don't, I mean, he wouldn't give a fuck. He talks like this, says I was badass. But uh, I'll name drop, my homeboy Chase Rice. Uh, So I asked him what he thought, you know, and was he was he was interested on in the way i think about this so i think i'm not gonna say what he thinks because he's got records to sell and that's my dog and he'd be trying to stay out of all that shit right but anyway it's interesting to think like why this song struck such a chord uh because white people have been romanticizing the country you know the small town all through country music. That's what y'all do. Y'all romanticize essentially Dixie. You know? you're 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 your essentially romanticizing that time, that genteel southern Dixie small town. I get it. It was a way of life, it was a time, and it's a symbol of a time that you romanticize. It's like um uh, it's like England romanticizing turn of the century monarchs, you know, all your little limit, little women books and shit, like as if you all had running water back then and everybody didn't, everybody wasn't incestuous and smelled like armpit sweat and shit all the time. Like that's how the Royals smelled and sound, but y'all romanticize that time. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's when you layer this idea of saying stuff like them country boys that were raised right are going to teach you manners. You're clearly invoking It's I mean it's obvious what you're invoking. I don't need to I don't need to lay it out. You know what I'm saying? And which might have been fine if you didn't add the video. And once you add the video, the video is of people standing up for their rights, <laughs> of protesting things, right, that were unjust, which is what you're saying, is when stuff is unjust, we're going to stand up and fight against it. I don't understand. So, so we're doing the same thing. We're standing up against injustice. You just don't think what we're saying is, and you have this idea that the big city is this bastion of evil, right? That's, that's the idea. That's, that's the romantic idea that, that, that you're saying, which is fine. Live in your fantasy, in your worldview. It's okay. You can live in that, right? But for the rest of us, we know that small towns are a place of terror. That's where we get strung up and nobody comes and finds our bodies, right? Your crime rates are actually way higher if we're talking per capita, right? Crime rates are way higher. There's just more people in a city, right? And to be honest with you, I feel way safer in big cities because there's recourse. Something's gonna happen. They will find my body. You know what I'm saying, (laughs) right? Uh, Someone might see it happen. now. Also, the stuff you talking about, like the Uvalde shooting. Uvalde's not a big city, right now. That being said, the tie-in is these black people just did everything you celebrating in the song. <laughs> you get out of line, them boys that'll raise right might swim across <laughs> the river. Dudes might come from out the deck And they gonna teach you some manners, big homie I'm just saying, we just did what your song said Am I, oh you're condoning vigilante violence Am I? I mean Isn't that what 1776 is? Good politics, y'all You know, I don't know why I ain't thought of this before, but you know, you could use promo code Hood for 15% off on com. Like, I forgot I own that company and this is my pod. Y'all go ahead and punch in promo code Hood if you're in the cold brew. Get you some cold brew. I'm gonna get you some coffee. Yeah, you know, like, I can't believe I ain't thinking this till right now. yo this thing right here was recorded by me propaganda in east los boyle heights los angeles california this thing was mixed edited mastered and scored by the one and only matt osowski y'all check out this fool's music i mean it's incredible executive produced by sophie lichterman for cool zone media man and thank you for everybody who continue to tap in with us make sure you leave in reviews five-star ratings and sharing it with the homies so we could get this thing pushed up in the algorithm. And listen, I just want to remind you, these people is not smarter than you. If you understand city living, you understand politics. We'll see you next week.
2: But if life changes, you can return it any time. Or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands.
4: Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.